Hello and welcome to today's episode of Fostering Focus from Norfolk County Council. I'm Scott, the Marketing Manager for the Fostering and Adoption Service. We set up our podcast so that you, the listener, can hear firsthand from our current foster carers, social workers and team members. We'll be discussing various topics which will help you in your decision to become a foster carer. Today I'm speaking with Clea, a supervising social worker, and Laura and Scott, who are our foster carers. Today we're going to be discussing Fostering Networks, Foster Care Fortnight and why we care. This conversation was recorded on the 27th of April, 2021, and we hope you enjoy listening. Welcome, Clea, Laura and Scott. Hiya. Hello. Hello. So um, this is our third podcast on Foster Care Fortnight and why we care. And Laura and Scott, how long have you been fostering with us and, and why did you choose fostering, first of all? Um, Okay, so we've been fostering since November 19, so that's about a year and five months, I think. There's so many different reasons as to why we chose to do it. Um, We'd kind of always talked about it when our boys were really, really tiny, like 20 years ago. We talked about it, but then forgotten about it as they were growing up. Okay. And then they left home. Both of them, not really close together as well. Um, And also volunteering on the SOS bus, I think. I, I just enjoyed helping people and you hear stories on there. And we would, like Laura said, we, we talked about it a long time ago, but we always said once we got a bigger place, cause we used to live in a two bedroom flat, but now we've got a, a house and like empty rooms. We thought it's something we should do. That's great. And and so obviously you were approved back in, in, in 19, you've, you've gone through that kind of 1920, everything's going smoothly and all of a sudden we're hit with a with a pandemic, something that's not been seen like this in the world. How how did that affect how did that affect you as foster carers? Um, it was it was I think it affected us probably the same as it affected everyone else that we didn't know what was going on. Yeah, um, our young person had only been with us for ten weeks when they closed everything down. Right, and the schools closed and all of that, so we hadn't really formed our really really close bond. So I found for us that actually it helped because we were suddenly stuck together every single day and I had time to spend with him and build that relationship up. Yeah. So now we've got a really close relationship because of that time we had. It's obviously been hard, but that was a positive from it. And you've got that you've got that bond, haven't you? You've created that bond with with your young person. Yeah. Yeah. Now you know, and we spend a lot. We spent a lot of time working out together how we can fill the days, which was quite fun. Playing games, we went on endless walks. Yeah. You know, just what everybody else was doing, I think. And then, uh, any particular structure that you followed or you felt worked really well? It took it took a while to get into a really settled routine. And it, we had to change it a little bit. So we kind of got to the start off where we'd study for three hours in the morning and then we'd have lunch together and then we'd go for a walk. And then in the evenings, we'd play cards or watch a movie or something. But once you'd done that for three months, you kind of needed to change it again. Yeah, that repetitiveness of, oh, it's this again. Yeah, being a parent myself in lockdown with a little one and I can completely understand. And Foster Care Fortnight is, a, is all about this year. The subject is about why we care. Why, why do you care, 
you know that's that's the question to you to you both you know you've chosen to to foster what would you say sums up the reason why why you guys care so much it's really hard <laughs> really hard to i mean because we we've almost gone through it a little bit before because we felt we've we've heard people's stories and we're thinking we, we can affect someone's life in a better way to so they get a better outcome yeah. by the time that they leave our care and we we just we just like to think that we can mold someone into a a better person mm. so that they can they can function in in um society. the population society <laughs> that's the word um I also think for me, I had quite a traumatic childhood myself. Okay. So I think there's a bit of kind of personal experience in there, knowing what a lot of young people have been through and how it can affect you for for your entire life, even into adulthood. Yeah. And how important it is to have someone just on your side to help you through that, even if they don't accept it. Just I think they know somewhere subconsciously that, that we're on their side. That's 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 you know really lovely to hear and and clear. Just coming over to to yourself, how would you say that's changed? How how would you say fostering's changed their life? Um, well, I mean, I just wanted to add a bit about also why I think they care. I mean, I think Laura and Scott for me are two incredibly um, compassionate um, carers, and I think that kind of overrides their motivation. Um, and that's been borne out in terms of having sort of supervised them for the last sort of year and a bit with, with their young person that they're looking after. Um, and they just they, they do just have that kind of level of empathetic and attuned and therapeutic care um, that they obviously have to offer. Um, I think in terms of changing their life, um, I think fostering has kind of enriched it um, uh, and and presented challenges as well. Um, mostly, probably, I would say, due to the pandemic, it's, it's been really tough on foster carers um, and, and the children in our care. Um, but these guys have absolutely, like, completely and utterly smashed it, really, in terms of... Um, the care that they've been able to offer under really, really hard circumstances. Um, and I would say the difference in their young person now to how he presented emotionally um, when he came to live with them is is really, really significantly different, um, which is a lot is obviously due to him and his own resilience and his own kind of processing and new experiences. Um, but a lot of it is down to the, the compassion-led care that Laura and Scott have offered. And I would say... Fostering's changed their life in terms of giving them um, a real sense of confidence in what they're doing over this sort of since they started, um, and um, their motivations for going into it have been borne out. And I think out of out of that, they're just kind of quite curious about what else they've got to offer, and you know the next steps and you know what what the next kind of developments are going to be I, th- I think it's kind of I think it's been a positive change to their lives but it's been very challenging um and I think it's been quite affirming in terms of it, it kind of 
manifesting the reasons why they went into it have actually sort of been manifested and, and come out in, in the way that they anticipated. So I think, I think I think it's been really positive. It's been incredibly positive to watch and to support as it's as it's sort of evolved. So yeah. I think it's been a good change. And just coming back to yourselves, Laura and Scott, what would you say um, in the short time that you've been fostering, what would you say your biggest achievement is? That's a really tricky question again. Um, I suppose surviving lockdown with a teenager. Yes, definitely. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely high on my list. Um, I don't think there's any like big, huge achievements that you can pinpoint but all the way along we've had lots and lots of little ones yeah and you and it kind of builds a bigger picture and like Clea said the changes in our young person is very significant and it's really nice to see that and it's nice when he says it just feels normal living here with us which is a bit of a compliment and lovely to hear yeah, 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 it definitely is. So I don't think there's any big, huge wins, but there's lots and lots of little ones that add up. And what about yourself, Scott? Um, like Laura said, it's like little ones. Like every time he decides he's going to go to school, is always nice because he, he decides quite a lot he doesn't want to go. But every every time he goes, it's nice. And like when when he finally opens up and talks about his home life a little bit more, you know, you hear a little snippet and you you think that he's feeling safe enough to tell us stuff about his past which is which is nice so the 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 sharing is is becoming incredibly important as a, as a family unit yeah. um in some respects and that is an achievement in itself isn't it the fact that you know your young person feels that they can open up to you and feel safe and and not be tainted with a brush you know, it's 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 their safe space. It's their safe haven. Yeah. And, and Laura, just coming back to yourself, many of our carers would consider staying put, wouldn't they? So, you know, is that is that something that that both you and Scott have have talked about, or would con- consider that if your young person does stay with you for a, a, a long period of time and they reach eighteen? With what you've seen, I suppose what I'm thinking is that you would be kind of sort of saying, "Well, no, this is your home." Yeah. Yeah, we've 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 never set a date on when we're expecting him to leave. It seems it. I, I couldn't imagine saying, "Oh, it's your eighteenth birthday now." You know, it's it's time to go. That that to yeah. me that just seems awful. And a lot of our young people have um, developmental delays and things because of what they've been through. So they might be eighteen, yeah. but they they're not necessarily emotionally. Yeah, they're, they're a fourteen-year-old in an eighteen-year-old's body. Yeah. Yeah. And even at 18, suddenly having to become independent and living on your own is a bit daunting. So it's definitely something that we we would consider. But at the end of the day, it's kind of up to what the young person wants to do as well. He might want to give it a go. But also knowing that that you'll be there for them, isn't it? That's the that's the thing, isn't it? If they do want to give it a go and they do want to go out on their own, it's it's making them aware that there is an alternative. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. We will, even though he may have moved out of the home, we will still be there to offer support and help once he is in his own independent accommodation. Yeah, and and uh, clear, we're aware that you know there are many uh, young people um, that go off to university um, that have obviously left care, but many of our carers still have them home for. Christmas, Easter, etc. There's still a roof over their heads. You know, it's it's been their home for many years. Yeah, 
and we're not and we're not just going to stop them from saying hey you've gone off to university or you've gone done this when it is a special occasion there's always been that room in the home hasn't there yes yeah and uh, and i think that depends very much on on carers and um you know their their outlook i i don't have any doubts with um laura and scott having committed to their young person very early on that they were there for the long term um i've got no doubts that that they're going to continue to offer support once um their young person sort of goes into more independent living um and i think they're very skilled at doing that they they support their younger son to live independently absolutely brilliantly and i i absolutely know that they're going to offer that for their young person if that's what he wants and that's that's just lovely that's lovely to hear and yeah and clear what would you say to someone that was considered fostering and then laura and scott the same question to yourselves um i would i mean i would always say you know um you have to be very very committed because you have our children um, coming into care have experienced quite a high level of trauma and have quite a high level of need and need much better um, parenting than perhaps we've offered our own children who haven't had those experiences um, because they haven't needed that level, that extra layer of healing parenting that that our children in care need. so I would always say you have to consider that. It's not just absorbing a child into your normally family life with your normal um, parenting, your normal boundaries, your normal um, you know, expectations, behaviour, etc. You're actually offering a home to heal yeah. a child who's experienced things that perhaps you can't even imagine at this moment in time until you've done your training and until you've kind of read some reports. Um, So actually it's a massive step to take um, and to have that insight that both Laura and Scott have got from their work experience is kind of really, really beneficial because I don't think Laura and Scott have ever had that element of shock that some carers can have once they realise the, the magnitude of the trauma that the kids are, have suffered. Um, yeah. So so I would always say, I would always draw um, people who are thinking about fostering into thinking about that. It doesn't make it less manageable, but I think you certainly need to do some kind of thinking beyond perhaps what they've already done. However, Laura and Scott have kind of come in from that angle and therefore one of their greatest gifts is that they are they just you know you you can be they can be presented with all sorts of kind of different levels of need emotional need and they don't get flustered and they don't get stressed and you know they absorb it and they kind of really really respond to each individual child's levels of need and I and it's just really lovely to watch because they have fostered short-term respite prior to the um, person that they're looking after now long term so I I just think that level already, that level of understanding of trauma and attachment, um, they've they've bought, they've come to fostering with that, and they've continued to develop that with training, which is absolutely essential. Um, but they haven't kind of been shocked um, by that, which has been brilliant. 
Thanks, Claire. Scott and Laura, the same question to yourself. What would you say to someone that was considering becoming a foster carer? I think I agree with Claire that you have to you have to be ready to commit fully to it. You need to have time to offer the children. It's not just about having a place and you know somewhere for them to sleep. You have to be able to give them your time and your patience. Um, one one of the things that we've kind of discovered that we weren't really expecting was how much you end up learning about yourself, probably more than what you end up learning about the children and your own reactions to things and your own triggers, which you'd not noticed before. And, yeah, as you're doing the training, certain things that you experienced yourself will come up that you maybe hadn't noticed before and that can be quite hard okay and the same question to yourself scott yeah um, like laura was saying i mean when i've been doing my training and it's, it's made me look back at my life and and think of it differently and um, that has been a bit hard there's some some of the stuff that I've, I've been through and i didn't really didn't really think about it at the time but also i think we we we, we, we went in thinking we're going to do short-term placement. That's what we're going to do. But then I think you just got to be flexible. With Once we met our young person, we just thought he's, we, just, we just wanted to have him long-term. And I, I think you've got to be a bit more flexible and not, not, not decide what you're going to do straight away. Yeah, you've got to be open, haven't you? O- open yeah. open, um, and mindful. Yeah, um, and and lastly, just before we end uh, today's episode, if you could go back in time and give yourself some advice as a newly approved carer, what would that be? The the one thing that um, I was thinking was um, to get your self care provisions in place. Have your go to people and know in your mind that when you're finding it difficult and you need a break or you're tired and you just need someone to give you a bit of support, have all that ready and waiting. You're not then kind of rushing around in a panic trying to work out how to manage your situation or whatever. Yeah. When things get too much. So have your support network sorted out, do you mean? Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. And also just things in the house, you know, that you can do when when they are at school and you think, okay, I'm having a, a bad day today. Or even if I just need a rest today, have your box of chocolate stashed in the back of the cupboard and things like that, you know, your DVD collection on hand so you can allow yourself to do that. Yeah, the self-care is massive, isn't it? And I don't think many of our foster carers really, really understand the importance of that. But it it is a case you have to look after yourself um, if you're going to look after children with high levels of need. Um, And that is absolutely essential. And and everyone should feel they've got permission to do that as well. Yeah, we're quite lucky because there's we're we're a couple, so we you know if if one of us is having a bit of a bad day, we we can sort of one can take over from the other one. But also, we it's quite good if we go for a walk and we can have a chat and just do some reflecting with each other, which which helps a lot. I think with us, yeah, it's a massive strength that that Laura and Scott have got is that they're a real sort of unit. Um, but also, what I would say is incredibly reflective as well. So so you know that point about sort of learning about yourself in fostering 
that's that's a real gift that Lord's got mm. have in terms of just reflecting on absolutely everything. You know, and a lot of a lot of foster carers won't won't look at it like that um, and reflect on that level. But again, that's it's really important to do that because it's not we're not you're not just responding or managing a child. You're it's a fluid um, reciprocal yeah. relationship, isn't it? So it's gonna you're in it as much as they are. So I think that that is a really amazing point to have made actually and it's been it's been lovely having you all on the the show today uh, a big thank you to clear laura and scott thank you thanks thanks Bye. until next time this has been fostering focus Bye.